0: Okay, go ahead and introduce yourself, Coach.
1: Coach Greg McNeil, owner of Coach's Corner. And the gentleman is doing everything he can to make the world a much better place for all those people that are in it, particularly those that I have opportunity to meet and serve.
0: My name is Sherry Wilson. I'm the owner of Genius Communication. And uh, I was looking through my my website. I think, yeah, I was I was doing kind of like a... Sometimes what I do is a mystery to people, and I have the process in my head, and even though I try to communicate it, they don't get it. So I was doing like this thing where I was like literally laying out, "This is what I do for businesses, as far as the marketing aspect," Mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I was like, you know, I need like a pithy statement. So I went to, I think it was either my website or LinkedIn. I put, I make sure your online presence is in unison with your in-person presence. So branding, when you know, like you can't put lipstick on a pig, right? So you can't have a beautiful website, a beautiful social media and all that. And then they walk up to something that, you know, I mean, (laughs) it looks like... (laughs) Lebanon or something I don't know I mean you gotta have you know where it's not a bombed out you know building you wonder if anybody's there and stuff like that you gotta have everything's gotta fit and sometimes people are like that you know they look at marketing as advertisement when actually it's just an extension of who you are
1: yes
0: it really is and so people try to fake it and then you show up at their place of business you're like that ain't what I just saw on the website so anyway I like to make sure everything's good with you know their business and stuff but
1: uh, That's kind of scary.
0: You know, you I've know? seen it.
1: It's like uh, they don't look the same without their makeup on.
0: Yes, <laughs> like there's this one website built, and, and when I build websites, like I, I want their personality to come out and all that. But I, I'm, I'm just gonna admit it. It's confession time. Oh. I am a website snob. Oh. I don't like inferior websites. I. I want them to be easy, I want them to be beautiful, I want them to be fun, and I want my client's personality to come out, right? And uh, so, you know, if the website's inferior to the actual product or service, that's a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But when the website is really nice and then you go to the establishment and it's not quite there, and so there's this one, and he wanted me to build his website. And I was like, ugh, because his whole thing is not branded like it needs to be, and for today's, you know, type of customer but anyway i built it for him and hopefully it will inspire him to upgrade the in-person experience but i kind of felt like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but just they know, can hear it right now know. because
1: it's the pause.
0: They can hear it yes, in the pause. I just
1: it's okay. felt like
0: a paid worker, you know. It's just anyway, so hopefully it wasn't recent. So if any of my clients are listening, just know it's probably not even you. But anyway, but you know, so the work we do with the coaching intensives, um, which you know what I like about our work, and this is not a plug, but you know, pe- people are going to hear it right. What I like about our work is it seems like um, each group is perfect for each other. Have you noticed that? That's right. And uh, so this new um, group we're working with, it's like they are perfect for each other. And and you, we were talking about what we need to do. Because in the work that we do, it's never the same, is it? So no. We have like a general outline. We've That's got right. the three tools we mm-hmm. always teach. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it's like drinking from a fire hose. So we have to gauge where the people are at, right? That's
1: exactly right. And
0: then we adjust, we pivot. Exactly. So me and you were both on the same page without even talking when it came to the that we had our first two classes, and it's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing good, but we got to go like in now and a little mm-hmm. bit deeper into the process, right? right? We yep. cannot introduce a new tool; That's they're right. not ready. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we had our conversation about okay i'm thinking we need to go into thoughts Mm -hmm. so i didn't know whether it was like paradigms or ghosts of thoughts past like we've taught you know before and you were you're like yeah we need to definitely get into the thoughts and how they create your future right Mm -hmm. because you are the sum total of your thoughts and Mm -hmm. then you always say over and over, the momentum of past habits. That's which right. thoughts can be habits, right? Yep,
1: that's right. So they are then, habits.
0: Yeah, they absolutely mm-hmm. are. Like I don't know if you noticed one student. She said like two or three times, "Sorry" for no reason. Yeah. So finally, I hit her on the leg and said, "Stop saying that," because <laughs> sure. she was with me. Because <laughs> yeah, y'all were on Zoom. And I'm like, "Stop saying that," and it's a habit. And uh, but you said this phrase, trauma bonded. Yep. So our topic today is how to let go of unhealthy experiences. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking about the next direction for our class yesterday, you mentioned trauma-bonded. Can you go into that a little bit? Because that stuck out to me. So, Man, I'm, I'm cold now, Coach. i got that little <laughs> heater. I'm trying to... I don't know if I should turn it back on. I can just hear it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, I'm bundled up. You, yes. know, you can tease you me all day, but I'm bundled. So. So... We have experiences in our lives. Some experiences are more traumatic than others. Mm-hmm. And in those experiences, sometimes the individual that's ex- that's involved in the experience, they become linked to it in an unhealthy way. Yeah. So something happens to you at the age of, let's say, 13. Mm-hmm. And now here you are, 40 years old, and your behavior's are still such that you're responding to your environment or circumstances as though you were back in that 13-year-old experience, right? right? And I
0: often wonder why you keep doing it, too. It,
1: exactly. And what's happening is they've identified so strongly with that experience, that place, that person, that traumatic event, that they are not able to break away from it. They don't realize that they bonded themselves to it. It's sort of like a person who uh, gets a diagnosis. They go to see a clinician because maybe they have um, someone in their family died and they're in mourning and they're depressed, right? Because they realize that it touches them a lot more than they thought it would. Yeah. So they get a diagnosis that says, okay, well, you have a major depression right now not major depressive disorder. You're just majorly depressed right now. Right. But the person comes out of there saying, I have a major depressive disorder. Right. And it's like, it, oh.
0: It's almost like people want the answer and to identify with it, even if it's...
1: It's like a banner. Yeah. I got a major depressive disorder. Yeah. Well, that ain't shit to brag about. <laughs> we need to fix that. Yes. Because... The mind is not set up to stay in a depressed state.
0: Well, like you always say, you have to feed depression and anxiety, you which have, is where truth confronts me' exactly, right?
1: That's exactly right. So when that person then is involved or continuously linked to an experience that's no longer valid in their life, it's no longer operating, it's really inappropriate for the person to, to keep their mind focused on it, right? right? But when they do, they keep rehashing and recreating the same experiences in their lives. Yes. So when you hear the person that says, I don't know why I keep meeting the same kind of person.
0: There might be trauma bonding.
1: Yes, they are. They, are, hmm. they have linked themselves to some experience, some individual archetype. And without realizing it, they keep transmitting that same sort of vibration, that same energy, which causes them to attract the same type of person. Mm-hmm. So if I married four times mm-hmm. and all four women ended up having doing something very similar in a relationship and yet none of them know each other, the common denominator is me, You know, the common them. denominator is really
0: important. <laughs> it is. You know, like if you keep seeing the same thing happen... There's a common denominator, and it's usually you.
1: (laughs) It is, and it's kind of like, let that go. So when when we're bonded to traumatic events, it can make it very difficult for us to grow, to move forward, and to enjoy other experiences. It's sort of like meeting someone... That can be perfect for you, Mm -hmm. but you can't see them because when you're looking in their eyes, you see the guy that you were with or the woman that you were with a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And no matter what that person does, it'll never be enough, not because their love, their support, their service, or whatever they're doing is not where it needs to be. But you can't recognize it because your consciousness is not seeing this person. You're seeing somebody from years ago.
0: Or several somebody. Or
1: see yes. <laughs> that's By right. the
0: time you get to that one, you know <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. There's <laughs> and so one of the things that I like to do is cut it. Mm-hmm. I don't like to tell the purpose Person, we need to release you from this form of thinking from your past because it doesn't serve you right now. It's inappropriate. It's causing your life to be blocked in every single way and reinforcing a trauma that you say you want to move beyond.
0: So, because you do, um, you know, clinical work and stuff. I'm sure. Then that sometimes looks at or looks like shutting down certain conversation too, because even mm-hmm. in like I've noticed even in conversations with people, you know, you're telling them that's not who you are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, but if you let them keep talking mm-hmm. and they're trying to give you context mm-hmm. or whatever, it's like no. What's, that's not what's happening here. I don't need any context. I can see you're jacked. Yeah. What we need to do is we need to get, you know, to a solution. And it's not like shutting them off to where, you know, they feel they can't share. But it's like they'll get in even a conversation loop.
1: Exactly.
0: And you, it's hard to get them out. And then they're not hearing you.
1: Exactly. So you saw me do that yesterday, right? I was like, sorry mm-hmm. about this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important because, again, we, we use the term rhythm. And once a person is in a certain rhythm, they are on autopilot. Yeah. They don't know what they're saying. Like you had to tell someone yesterday, stop apologizing for something when it's not necessary. (laughs) Why are you saying that, right? But they didn't realize that they were saying it. And if you don't bring it up to their attention, right, they keep doing it. So first, my hint was, what are you apologizing for? Right? So.
0: And then she, she recognized, she's like, I don't know, I, that's a habit. And then she did it again. She's like, I did it again. Because <laughs> you were on Zoom yeah. with our other students, you know, it's uh, snowy. But she was like, I did it again. And so then she did it again. I'm hitting her leg. Like, stop. You that's know? exactly right. But it is. It's it's very automatic.
1: It is. So I'd like to give an example that I think a really <clears> – <throat> um, really capture this idea of a trauma bond okay so i'm seeing a young man Mm -hmm. um abandoned at the age of seven Mm. raised in another household experiencing some abuse right Okay. okay so you grow up and you know the the person who is supposed to be the the female the archetype in your family she's left you right or when you speak to her She's always putting you down. Yeah. So now you go out into the world and suddenly you're having trust issues, abandonment issues, insecurity issues mm-hmm. and things like this. And you're not really sure why you, you, these things are present. So when I'm listening to the client, I'm like, okay, all right. I'm looking at a good looking person here, yeah. first of all, right? So <clears throat> you shouldn't have a problem meeting other people. Yes. Okay, so what's going on with you? So I'm listening to him, and then it became clear. What he was doing is, in each relationship that he would get in, because of the way he had designed his life to protect him, shield him, if you will, from the traumas, earlier traumas that he has had. He didn't realize that he had developed a controlling behavior.
0: Okay. Which control is in response to fear.
1: Exactly. And so in this particular case here, he was attempting to tell me about a a, a person that he is seeing um, cross country. And, you know, he's dealing with a long distant relationship and everything like that. And he's like, I think she lied to me. Mm. And so when I started listening to his story, he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, right? I mean, straight-laced guy. Yeah. Perfect. But his partner does do those things because she grew up in a different dynamic and she had her own traumas and situations. So her smoking and drinking were her compensatory behaviors. We're not judging whether or not if she should smoke or drink. I'm just saying in this case right here, this is how she dealt with her situation. And this is how he dealt with his situation. Mm -hmm. What he didn't realize was by trying to impose his way of living Onto his partner. Yes. He was doing this. He thought he's bringing health to her. He, you know, like, let's be healthy, let's do all these things. That's what he has in his mind. Right. But he's really seeking to control what she does in her behavior. And it doesn't work. Yeah. And so I told him, I said, look, Right now, I know you want me to help you with this situation, but let me tell you what you're getting ready to do. Right now, you are on the verge of reinforcing an old trauma that you have mm-hmm. because you're trying to force her to do something that's not in her nature to do. She's not there in right now right. in her life. So you see her. She's smoking. And then she sees you seeing her smoking. She tries to hide it. Mm-hmm. Now, she has guilt. You feel betrayed, but the truth is you shouldn't be asking her of that. Yeah. What you really need to be doing is working on your own situation so now you can pursue healthy relationships instead of reinforcing your earlier traumas. And that's exactly what he <clears throat> was, was doing. And if he doesn't stop, he'll continue to do that. And I can tell you this really is a blueprint For the vast majority of individuals who have dealt with some hurt, some pain, some letdown, and they say to themselves, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. Well, what they don't understand is you can say that and you can do it, but not at the expense of another person. The minute somebody else has to be molded in such a way so that you can feel comfortable in your skin, you're now trying to make that person adhere to your trauma bond, That's what I was about
0: to say. It's like you're bringing them into that. That's
1: exactly right. And so when they say, no, I don't want to do that, and then they leave the relationship, the person is now thinking, see, there we go again.
0: And the the response usually to a loss of control is anger.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you see that a lot. And so with me and the way I tend to work, it's like, no. Let's not talk about somebody hurting you. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your attachment to behaviors that don't serve you. And then they show up in your relationship in such a way that is painful. Yeah. Because somebody is leaving you in the dust.
0: Well, not only that, but then, you know, like you said, that person's having to hide stuff. And, you know, well, they don't have to, but they feel to avoid the conflict, to avoid... Maybe the wrath of the other person, however, you know, because wrath is relative. Right. You know, I mean, one guy said, oh, I was so mad in that meeting. I hope I didn't, you know, like come off as angry as I was. I'm like, you were angry? (laughs) I mean, I'm a D. That was not anger. I don't know what, you know. But it can be relative. But some people, even the slightest hint of conflict, they'll rather hide I see it in marriages Mm -hmm. where, you know, the wife doesn't feel free to maybe get some of the things she'd like for the home because as far as a man's concerned, you can just sit on, you know, lawn chairs and have a cardboard box for it, you know. I mean, I've seen that and it's ridiculous, you know. And so it is, it's like, then they're traumatized.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's really important, dear listener, right, is we live in a world where unfortunately, fear dominates. And not by accident, but that's another lesson. right? right? Mm -hmm. It dominates. It spills over into our lives in many different ways. And so there's this expression that I got from my sister. She says, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we have to do is to recognize that to be our the most effective version of ourselves, we have work to do. yeah. And the only person that can help you to do that work is you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a deep work. I don't believe it's necessarily painful. But it's one that requires persistence, right? Yeah. So if you're going to succeed in anything, then you have to stick with it. You want to grow, you want to feel better, you have to stick with it. I
0: was thinking about yesterday, you know, one of our students was overwhelmed with the thought that by her thoughts, she could literally have a totally different life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and have the things that she wants. and it, She was mad about it mm-hmm. because no one told her that. And, uh, and so, you know, you can be overwhelmed with the sense of loss, like all the years you've lost when it becomes that simple. Anyway, as far as a change aspect of what you just said, the other student said, are they always like this, the classes? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, well, there's a reason the word intensive is in there, you know, (laughs) because it can be intense to start making those changes. But that's short-lived if you'll put your head down and work.
1: Exactly. You know, like,
0: once you start getting that groove, it's fascinating what happens. Mm -hmm. But, so I was thinking about, you know, like, what you were saying. There seems to be almost signs of trauma. Like, I'm hearing repetitive behaviors. That's right. Uh, I'm hearing... Um, blindness to the people around you in situations yes. that could serve you, but that's you're right. you're filtering them wrong. There, uh, you know that's interesting, Coach, because I found like in relationships a lot of times, like I have a family member, and then there was another lady I knew that they were dealing with people that were absolutely blind mm-hmm. to how great their spouse was or yes. their you know mom and things like that. I mean it was amazing. They they just could not see. So I told them I said, well, I think you know maybe one thing you need to do is remind them with just very gentle suggestions um, and then also pray that they have eyes to see because it was damaging the relationship. So that's probably We're not diagnosing, but obviously a trauma bondage will blind you to what's in front of you, too.
1: Absolutely. And any listener that's listening to this, uh, this is so universal. Mm -hmm. I can make this generalized statement. So here it is. So I'm going to just say, like, we got two guys in this case, in this example. Um, Two friends are talking. One of the guys is complaining that he doesn't know if he can trust a woman that he's dating right now mm-hmm. because he was so badly hurt in a previous relationship. The other friend is saying, can't you see that this woman is different? And then the other guy's like, well, man, I don't know. And then the friend is like, well, look, um, she's put up with all your <laughs> – and, Bleep. And she's shown you that not only is she trustworthy – But she's into you. She's really into you. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Man, I don't know. And then finally, the other friend says, look, you're only going to have so many moments before that other person says, I'm tired. Because they can't. They're tired of lifting the weight of your previous failed experiences. And
0: if you're not careful, it's going to be the friend that sees her value. (laughs) I didn't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I up on <laughs> But you know what? It could yes. be, right?
1: Of course, because um, that has happened before. You know, on more than one occasion, did that uh, friend, it's like, what do you mean you married her? <laughs> well, you didn't want her. <laughs> I didn't want to go there, but that happens more than we like to admit to.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the moral of the story, you better wake up. You know, you all might. of a sudden you're going to find your true love with somebody else. You know, it's very true. Is it business, you know, relationships, all kinds of stuff?
1: So, you know, one of the things that amazes me is when the person thinks that his business or her business is separate from the person and the life that they live, it's like, no, it's not. Right. If you treat people like bleep, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to say that word. I'm feeling it today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you treat people poorly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay. After a while, you forced a person into their own value structure yeah and the minute that person hits the bottom line and it says you know what I'm not taking that anymore now your business is suffering because your top employee just walked out the door mm-hmm. and then the number two to that person just walked out the door because you're still thinking in this antiquated way that is completely inappropriate because you might be linked to this idea of how you should run your business yeah and you you fail to appreciate that no matter how skilled you are, it's still about the relationship. Mm-hmm. And once you re- ruin the relationship, you start hurting your business. And we talked about it in the last group. We talked about the, um, the 11 major causes of failure in business and not recognizing how to treat people that are under your leadership is one of the biggest ones. Yeah, right. it
0: is. And sometimes I see people where they can be harsh and hard or they can be too soft. Loyalty is a science. You know, people can study what causes people to feel a sense of loyalty. And one of the things that, it was interesting, I went to one of my clients to uh, get some content and I walk in. And the secretary, she must be cold natured like you. She was wrapped up in blankets and stuff. <laughs> you know, she had a, a, a nice looking jacket on. Uh-huh. And the first thing out of her mouth after, you know, she's, cause she recognizes me now, you know, she smiles. She goes, Look at what they got me. And she, and it's her, her jacket, right? And I said, That is nice. And it's funny, cause like sometimes you feel like, you know, little kids pulling, you know, cause they wanna show you new toys. Yeah. And that's kinda how she was. And she said, And look, look. And so she lifts the collar so I can see her name better. And her name is Rainy, but it's spelled R A E N I. Okay. And so I'm like, yeah, your name's on it. Like, you know, what's the big deal? And she said, I've never had anything that's had my name on it because no one spells my name that way. And and I just love that my name is on my jacket. Like, that was huge. Now we're going to do deeper things, right? Yeah. We're going to identity, and mm-hmm. we're going to feeling of acceptance and belonging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I told her, I said, do you know they've done research? And when businesses that have a high degree of loyalty— it's, it's out the book, Culture Co- Code. Highly mm-hmm. recommend it. Mm-hmm. But... The first thing they do is they give them, you know, a jacket or their shirts or whatever with their name. Yeah. And they have a name plate on their Mm -hmm. desk. Like, because the name is, that's what sets you apart. know, For a lot of people. That's right. And so, but that was amazing that she was so excited that she had this jacket from her boss with her name on it because she can't ever find her name anywhere. That meant so much to her. And so it doesn't. Loyalty is a science. If you will study it, you'll be much more successful. But you see people where they're either too nice or too harsh.
1: Yep. And in those situations, you can always go back and examine that and find out where that thinking and is usually coming from. there's
0: a trauma. Yes, it is. I, it's, it's like, I discovered you, that. that's
1: right. Where is this coming from? So I always say context is everything. If I want to understand the behavior, um, I'll listen a little bit longer. If Mm -hmm. I don't pick it up right away, I'll just listen. And the conversation will tell you how the person is actually thinking about themselves. Because when they're in the rhythm of uh, criticizing themselves so that they stay in what we call being bonded to – Experiences that are no longer active in their life, mm-hmm. you hear it in their speech.
0: You do. And then you can't get away from... I mean, again, that's why we jokingly say, you know, Gandalf and Yoda, as far as your host, because yep. you cannot get away from you. No. And it always goes out to other people. Yep. Which takes me to another sign, because we were talking about, like you said, they wear a diagnosis.
1: Yes. Which
0: is supposed to be temporary. And I immediately started thinking about like people that I've mentored in the past or even myself in the past where all of a sudden it's, I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious. Mm-hmm. It's now their identity is depression and anxiety. So they, they'll start using I am statements, I've That's noticed. right. Because now you're going into your being, not your doing.
1: Exactly. And so we talked about... Consciousness, the Mm -hmm. law of that. Mm -hmm. Somebody might say, What the hell is that? It's like, well, you need to get on board if you really want to know that what it is. Right. But basically, we seal our fate or we open it up and branch out to other things directly with the words we use. Mm -hmm. So when that person is constantly identifying themselves with the shortcoming. And then they get upset when they don't experience something that elevates them. They don't realize that what they're really telling themselves every day is, this is who I am. You know, yeah, I'm, I deal with depression. I'm a, de- you know, you know, I got major depressive disorder. What? That's me right there, right? It's like, what, when? Now, when? You see what I'm saying? It's yes. like, so, and I'm looking at them. And I remove it. So, I mean, so when people come to work with me, it's like, I don't want to hear that. I want to know something about you. It's like, are right. you depressed right now? No. So then you're not majorly depressed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. let's
1: talk about how you get to that thinking.
0: Do you think? I just had a thought when you were talking, because I've seen people latch on to diagnoses like it's their mama saving it's them a, from a river, a, right? It's a banner. So it's like, maybe. The reason it seals so quickly and it becomes that banner is because it's validation of what they've been thinking the whole time. You know what I mean? It's like now someone finally gets me. I finally got that diagnosis and I have an excuse for my life sucking.
1: That was the part right there. That last bit right there. I have an excuse for my life sucking. So let me just say this part, right? Depression anxiety, sadness, trauma. We can experience these things in our lives, but they are temporary states, right? Yes. You can't traumatize a person for 80 years. They won't live that long. Their yeah. body will give out on them. You see yeah. what I'm saying? It just doesn't happen that way. So the minute the person is no longer in that experience, we want to start with the healing process. Let's get mm, your that's thoughts, good. let's get your thoughts together, right? <clears throat> so when the person wants to return back to it, and they want to fall back, you know, and they want to use any, and it can be any personality quirk mm-hmm. to excuse themselves. They could be loud mouth or I could shoot off at the hip. They can use whatever phrase they want to describe the behavior. Mm-hmm. Once they link to it, they keep doing it. Yeah. And then you try to pass it on to somebody else. Well, it's just the way I am. Yeah. Well, Only until you reach, run into somebody that says, well... I get it, but it doesn't work here. See you later. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: and I mean, really, if you think about the evidence that these things are temporary is the idea and the fact that people can still maintain joy and peace in incredibly difficult circumstances, like not to be overly dramatic, but I was thinking of, you know, Cory Tinboom. Remember? And she was a Holocaust survivor. Okay. And when she was in concentration camps, she lost her entire family. The only... um, She was either the only survivor or her and her sister. But what was fascinating about her story is the joy and the kindness she exhibited in the midst of things that we can never even put context to nor imagine. Just the fact that people can go through such things and such traumatic things, and it doesn't mean she didn't have to overcome some stuff later, but there are people that go through worse things than we go through. And they maintain a level of perspective that's joyful and hopeful. And she didn't know if she'd live every day. I mean, she had you know guns put to her head multiple times. Mm-hmm. She thought several times that she's going to be taken to the ovens. Mm-hmm. They knew mm-hmm. what was happening.
1: That's right. And
0: she'd be pulled out last minute. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about what a lot of people, and it's not to you know, it's not to diminish the trauma others go through. Right. But people that go through that type of trauma, that level. Is and they have a good attitude, is evidence that the trauma is temporary. What you're going through is temporary. You know what I mean? Like what you were saying.
1: The mind is what keeps the trauma alive.
0: Now, that's important.
1: Okay? Mm -hmm. And this is what we're saying. Your mind does. I never dismiss anything that a person went through. As a matter of fact, I'm... I'm right there helping to heal it. But the first thing we have to do is say, I know where you've been, but we need to change the way you're thinking. Otherwise, five years from now looks like today or yesterday for you. So you have to understand the perspective. You've been hurt. You've been dealt a bad hand or whatever you want to call that. We're not diminishing that, but guess what? we got something to do because yes. you can do more if you allow yourself to think differently. Now, if you want to turn in on yourself and, then, stay, in that condition. and stay in that condition, then you have to understand you are using your power to do so, yes. and you're using your powerful resource called your mind to keep you in that state, mm-hmm. and you will stay there. Yeah. Okay,
0: so repetitive behaviors, situations, decisions— We've got I am statements, identification uh, with the trauma versus who you are as a person and blindness. Okay. So I thought I would finish with um, the idea of when I uh, we were talking about in the pre-show how I had mono. Mm-hmm. And I had been sick. It was a total of three years because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, mm-hmm. which was dumb. It was like I immediately walk into one doctor's office. He takes one look at me and says, you have mono. And I think it was my age, like Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. 30-something. Oh, it can't be mono. You can have mono past teenage years. (laughs) So anyway, uh, but it was so traumatic. Like times where I'd go blind. um, I didn't sleep for like seven days straight. Um, You know, I'd have panic attacks, felt like I was dying every single night. And the doctor said they're not emotional. Your body is like, hey... We got to fix this, mm-hmm. you know, something's going on. And so mm-hmm. mortality was like really in mm-hmm. your face and it was just a virus, you know. And if people would have done their job, I probably wouldn't have been as traumatized. Mm-hmm. So anyway, once I had the diagnosis, then I was traumatized with not being able to do anything. You know, I'm I'm a deep personality. I'm always doing something, mm-hmm. you know and uh like even my rest is intentional <laughs> like i mean <laughs> so anyway i was like man i can't do anything and i remember being so frustrated and i got up i'm like i'm gonna sweep my dining room tiny little dining room is smaller than this room and i i sw- and i was in bed for three days after that yeah mm. and it was so traumatic so after about probably three to five months of not being able to do anything. Um, then I started feeling like I was coming out of it a little bit. But from that point on, for probably a year and a half, every decision was filtered through. I don't want to end up back on the couch. I don't want to be sick again. And even like certain times of the day, there'd be trauma attached to them because every day between seven and eight is when the panic would start. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there and mm-hmm. tears literally would just come down my face, you know, because it was happening. And so I just sit there and. Go with the waves, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then eventually it would stop. And it was just absolutely awful. And then P.A. Otero here in mm-hmm. town, he helped me um, get over the final mm-hmm. things that occurred with my body because of that. Right. Okay. Okay all that to say is i had to claw my way out of that identification i could feel myself Mm -hmm. when you use the word bonded that's Mm -hmm. why it really hit Mm -hmm. me because i could feel myself bonding to that disease Mm -hmm. um that was no longer there Mm -hmm. and so then i had to fight my way out and it was funny um Two weeks ago, for about two weeks, I didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was pollen. And remember, you know, when I trained with you, I'm like, yeah, I can't breathe very well and stuff. Because um, there's a, a certain pollen this time of year that gets me. But I I might have been fighting something off, too. I don't know. But it started feeling similar. And I remember I felt that minute of anxiety. Like, <gasps> mm-hmm. And I'm like, stop. You know, it's like, mm. stop. That's not what's happening here. And I just chose to ignore it quite frankly. I wouldn't give in to it. I continued, you know, I would rest when I you Mm -hmm. know, but I wouldn't so it's amazing how like it can impact you for years if you and especially if you don't fight your way out of it, it can be a lifelong thing.
1: You know, one of the greatest tragedies is people not realizing that the vast majority of us are sick. In our bodies, because we are sick with our thoughts first, Mm -hmm. we reinforce reinforce thoughts that make the body sick, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and so when they hear certain types of modalities, modalities that says, hey, look, this is what you can do to help with that, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to go over here to this doctor and get a pill, right? Or a diagnosis. As a matter of fact, I remember, I remember hearing the psychologist, uh, the psychiatrist in Albuquerque, he, he called me anti. He called me anti. He said, you're the anti-medication guy, aren't you? I said, no. I said, I think medication has its place. Yes. But... It it's, should not be confused with healing. You're
0: not a drug pusher, coach.
1: That's right. You know not I mean? me. You're there, there
0: like, to transform people's lives.
1: That's right. And, and I was like, look, doc, come on now. You can give them the pill. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They can be on that Xanax today, and they'll be on it six months from now. Or a, a year years, from now. Yeah. But when I come to them, it's like, I'm going to help that person to walk through that anxiety so they have power over it. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're telling you. Your help is really within you, yeah. and when you feel like you don't have an answer, that's when you reach out to somebody that's going to help you to move through it. But anybody that's going to help you to treat a symptom and not heal your process is not doing you any favor. They keep, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: I do. Yeah, that you're right. It's like uh, giving a meth addict meth. You know, it's like view it the same way. Don't surround yourself with people that reinforce those negative thoughts and behaviors. You got to go outside the box and get people that can actually help you get out.
1: That's exactly right. And that's one of the keys to separating ourselves or decoupling, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, from those traumatic experiences or difficult experiences or ways of thinking Mm -hmm. that lead to some unple- some unpleasant outcome in our lives. It's like we can break it. and
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a thought the other day. I was, I was having my prayer time, and uh, I was pondering some things uh, that were causing a little bit of anxiety. Now, I don't have anxiety like I used to at mm-hmm. all. Um, it's very rare because I've done the work. That's mm-hmm. one reason. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely mild. But i can tell when i'm bothered yeah and uh so i was you know looking at different things and a couple had to do with businesses that you know i or business ideas well Mm -hmm. anyway so i had this thought and it was do not let your past experiences dictate your future and the context of that was um, my husband uh, got a business literally handed to him in 2008 six months after the election his business the income's cut in half. Uh, six months later, it's another half, and so it just it kicked off this journey mm-hmm. <laughs> that we did not see coming, okay? Mm-hmm. Because of economic policies. Well, regardless of your political beliefs, we can all see that inflation is here, right? And and so I started feeling that again, like, okay, you know, like, what do we need to do? What do we need to, you know? And because we've definitely progressed since mm-hmm. then, and. I don't want everything destroyed by someone that doesn't live with me, but he sure does have an impact on me. Right. And um, and then I realized what was happening. What happened in 2008 was trying to intrude itself in 2022, and it was trying to set a traje- trajectory of thought. And so I was not going to buy into that thought. And uh, so uh, for me, my future's bright, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I won't have to pivot and just different things, but... That statement's helped me so much. Your brain is designed to look for past, uh, like it'll immediately, that amygdala will pull out those files. Oh, you've been here before. We got to protect you from that trauma happening again. That's yeah. right. Well, that may not be what's happening.
1: Exactly. And so when you use the word perspective, it's so important. But again, just like with fulfilling a definite chief aim, definite major purpose, the desire to heal must always, also be deep. Yes. Right? Yes. So, when we're working with individuals, it's like we know we can help you. What we need to be able to assess is your willingness to learn and your willingness to accept the changes so you can move forward, right? Yep. Because one of the things that no one escapes is a responsibility. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so you heard me say this to the person the other day. I'm like, "Look, I'm I I'm primarily a screen, but if you identify a certain way, in this case here, Christianity, I'm like, is it a practice or is it a religion? Mm-hmm. Because if it's a practice, that means that you have effort that you engage in every yes. day, right? Yes. And so you should really be able to follow me, what I'm saying to you right now, no matter where I come from, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm not in line with what you what you believe. Right. But you have to know That you really believe that, and if you do, it should be reflected in your willingness to do whatever it takes to be healthy. And when we find that people are not willing to do that, that's how they separate themselves. Yeah. You know, they they don't how can I say this? It's not a question of whether or not of not being able to get help. It's how they set themselves up. So that they can't get help. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, just so you know, some people slap that Christian label on like a diagnosis. and You just never see, you never see any practice. They're like, I ain't going to hell and that's all that matters. And they live like it on earth. Yeah, know. So I know plenty of those. Well, um, I like that. I like this one a lot because that really stuck out to me. Um, Well,
1: somebody was calling us. That's how it goes in life, right? It goes (laughs) ding and your time is up. Right.
0: So, uh, leave a review. All of our information is in the show notes. And also, I showed you before we got started my Hell Yeah Life Planners Coach. They're beautiful,
1: about to beautiful. So, mm-hmm. I just want to say this one last thing, real quick. Okay. So, <clears throat> most of you probably know Sherry. So, if you do, then you know how good her work is, right? But if you don't, you really need to dial in. Because there's probably something that you need for your business, for your person. And if you consider the times in which we are living in right now, and we've said this before, um, our heroes don't exist outside of our communities. Mm -hmm. They exist within it. Mm -hmm. So when you listen to this podcast and then you go to the show notes and you type a review, remember that that review that you leave is something that can link you to a service that can change your life, your business and all those things. So don't wait. You know, get on there, leave a review and then reach out to mm-hmm. Genius Communication.
0: <laughs> I appreciate that, Coach. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, Very good.